0: Welcome to another inspirational teaching by Pastor Mike Foreman, Senior Pastor of the First Baptist Church of Level Plains. For more information about Pastor Mike and the church, please visit our website at www.fbclp.life. Let's join Pastor Mike now as he shares from God's Word. Isn't it hard to believe? Two weeks will be in December. Goodness, where is time going? It is slipping by so fast, isn't it? Well, we're going to take a break from Acts today. Is that all right with you? Be okay? We do that? Okay. If not, we're doing it anyway. Because I didn't prepare anything in Acts today, so uh, I mean I could wing it if I had to, but uh, you know you don't really get a vote in that. So um, we're going to just press on. Amen. So. Thanksgiving is a great time of year. I love Thanksgiving because, see, when I grew up at Thanksgiving at my house, that was when everybody came home. Couldn't, couldn't necessarily get everybody home at Christmas, but at Thanksgiving, everybody came home at my house. And my mom was a phenomenal cook. And uh, we would have this huge spread of food. But you have to understand how much food we had. I am one of six boys. My mom raised six boys. Think about that for a minute, Ladies. Six boys. How many of y'all raised teenage boys? Can you imagine six being in your house at one time? I don't know how my parents afforded to feed us, but we ate well. And so Thanksgiving was all that great time where all my brothers would come in, their wives would come in, all the grandchildren were there. And so we just had a grand time. Wonderful time. And uh, I miss those days of Thanksgiving when I was a kid. And, And you know, now we're making memories at my house. Now we try to get the kids to come in and our, we were supposed to do that yesterday, have our Thanksgiving and, and Chris called and they got the flu. So uh, I feel like that song, The Cat in the Cradle, you know. Uh, y'all know what song I'm talking about. You know, the kids got the flu. Sure, nice talking to you, dad. You know, that kind of song. But uh, but no, they really do have the flu so they can't come, can't be here. So uh, So Thanksgiving may look a little different for us this year but it's still a great time of year because it reminds me that I have a lot to be thankful for. Amen. And you do too. You really do. Psalm 107.1, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Why is he good? Listen to this. His mercy endures forever. Wow. Man, I just get a good look at God and I realize I deserve hell, but he gave me life. That's amazing, isn't it? Think about it. I mean, I don't deserve a relationship with him, yet he's in relationship with me. That's pretty pretty mind blowing. You know, I don't deserve love, but the Bible says he first loved me so I could love him. That's that's pretty that's something to be celebrated about, right? That's something to, to rejoice about, something to thank God about. And we would do well as believers to really do what the old you know hymn says, count our many blessings. We would do good to do that, right? Because listen, to be unthankful, let's just be honest, to be unthankful is the characteristic of Of those who are lost, of those who don't know the Lord, Romans 1, God's talking about the the righteousness of God, you know, is revealed and we're beginning to to see God play out and show us our wickedness in Romans 1. And, And he says, for the wrath of God has been revealed against all ungodliness of men who do what? Suppress the truth and unrighteousness. And read on down and he says this, because... They did not acknowledge God as God. Neither were they thankful. It's uncharacteristic for a believer to be unthankful. Why? Because we've been redeemed. We've been blood-bought by Jesus. And so we ought to be thankful. Charles Spurgeon in his sermon on the unthankful man said these three things about being unthankful. He said, we receive from God's hand daily blessings without ever giving thought as to where they come from. Isn't that true? He goes on, he says, God's mercies are new every morning. So the Bible says life and breath and health and friends and food and clothing and the kindness of others, a job, all of these things we get from the merciful, gracious, loving hand of the Father, yet we take no thought of them. Isn't that interesting that we do such a thing? He says the other thing is that we're ungrateful when we grumble about what we do have. You ever do that? (laughs) Are you ever grumbling about the things you do have? He goes on and he says this. He says, if it is manna we wish for quail. If it is cereal, we complain because we don't have eggs. If our black suit is not ready, we complain because we have to wear a brown one. If we have $500, we complain. It should be pounds, but I'm translating it right into English. If we have $500, we complain because we don't have 1000 If we have 1000 we grumble because it's not 5000 We have a car, we wish we had another one or a better one. Said so we dream of a better job because if we could get a better job we'd be doing much better than we're doing now. Isn't that how it is? Isn't that the way we act? You know, we we have bountily from his hands and we forget to thank him for the things that we have. And then when the the things that we do have, we grumble about, we're not satisfied with. You know, we're riding in a car and we pull up at the traffic light and we see somebody with a better car. We say, man, I'd love to have that car. And God's already blessed you greatly. And then lastly, he says this, we're unthankful because we don't use what God has given us specifically though he goes on and talks about it and he says we don't use what god has given us to bless the kingdom of god or to share with others but we hold too tightly to what we have isn't that so true we're so prone to say it's mine you know and we think we think you know i worked hard this week for that money this is my money that's god's money i was having a conversation with someone this morning. We are having that very conversation, and he, he said, you know, it's God's money. It's, it's not my money. It's God's money. And it is. It's all God's, right? If, if we get paid well for the job we do, praise God. Amen? Using it, though, for the kingdom of God. That's a new twist, isn't it? I mean, because that's what we are blessed for. We're blessed so that we can bless God. So we can turn around and use what God has given us back into the kingdom. Listen. When we sow back in the kingdom, it could be monetary. It could be the money that God has given us. And so many times we we focus on the money aspect, but, but listen, what about the body you have? God's blessed you with health and strength and talents and abilities. And you ought to use them for the kingdom, not for yourself. You know, it's disheartening to find out, you know, that most likely the, One of my all-time favorite singers, Elvis, he said one time, he wrote one time that he regretted the fact that he didn't use his talent for the Lord. I regret that too because he had a great talent and he could have used it for the kingdom and for the glory of the kingdom, but he didn't. I don't want that to be said of me. Listen, God's given me a big mouth. I know that. So I'm using it for him. Amen? You know, my mom always said, you're a magpie, you talk too much. Well, amen. My church members say the same thing. Especially when I went online last week, listened to my sermon, I thought, oh, Lord, have mercy. I preached 53 minutes last week. Sorry, y'all. I love you, but, you know, sometimes we got to have it, right? So I want you to think about Thanksgiving this morning. Think about being thankful and having this attitude of Thanksgiving as a lifestyle that we, we live. And as we think about that, I want to point you just to one text today in Hebrews 13. Now, Hebrews is a great study. If you've never studied Hebrews, I want to challenge you to do that. But here's what you have to do. You have to study Hebrews with your Old Testament open. Because what we're going to find through the book of Hebrews is that Jesus, here's the theme, Jesus is better. Amen? What is he better? Well, he's, he's the best revelation that God's ever given us. You know, at various times, the Bible says, God spoke and he did that. He did that through visions and dreams and prophets. But listen, Jesus is the final word. Amen? And so he's a better revelation. Listen, Jesus, in Hebrews, we're told, is better than angels. I don't know how people get into worshiping angels. I've met some people like that. They have angels all in their house and they worship angels. And they think, you know, angels are sometimes better than God. Let me tell you something, that's false. Angels are just messengers of God. They are there to glorify God. They're there to do what God tells them to do. And Jesus is better than the angels. Listen, Jesus is better than any Old Testament character you can think of. You know, we we put David on a pedestal. We put Moses on a pedestal. You know, we put Elijah on a pedestal. Listen, let me tell you something. Jesus is far better than they. Amen? This is what the book of Hebrews tells us. It also tells Jesus, listen, he's better than the old covenant. Aren't you thankful that Jesus came and gave us a new covenant in his blood? Aren't you glad for that? That we're not bound to the Old Testament law. Hey, hallelujah, I can go out today and I can have some pork, amen? Yes. <laughs> but listen, Jesus is better than the Old Covenant. Why? Not because He' done away with it, but because he fulfilled it. That's why you don't have to live by it. He fulfilled it. He completed the Old Testament. Listen, that's why he could go to the cross and be a perfect sacrifice for us on the on the cross of Calvary because he fulfilled the law perfectly. Listen, Jesus is better than any priest. Amen? He's... The Hebrew writer spends a great amount of time talking about the old priesthood. But then he says, Jesus is the great high priest who sympathizes with our weaknesses. Amen? I'm glad that I can go to Jesus. I don't have to go to a little box and put myself in a box and talk between some kind of shade between me and another guy. I can go directly to Jesus. Amen? Praise God for that. Why? Because he is my mediator and intercessor, And I can go directly to him. Jesus is a better priest. Listen, Jesus ultimately... Is what he comes down to is the better sacrifice. Once for all, he made atonement for us. Jesus doesn't need to die over and over again. See Old Testament sacrifices? They had to do it once a year. They had to make this atonement. They had to go into the Holy of Holies once a year. And they had to sprinkle the mercy seat with the blood. Praise God, Jesus. He tore the veil from the top to the bottom. He opened the way up. Why? Because he is the once and for all. Atonement for sin. There is no other way by which we can be saved but Jesus and he only. Don't try to be good. You can't be good enough. Don't try to give money. You can't give enough. Amen. Don't try religion. There's not a religion that can take you to heaven. But Jesus, he is the atonement for your sin. Rest upon his mercy. Call upon his grace. And the Bible says, if you call the name of the Lord, he'll save you. That's the only thing that's going to do it. Jesus is better. And then in chapters 12 and 13, as the Hebrew writer is finishing, here's what he does. He does what Paul always did. Give us some theology, and then give us application. And in the part of application... As he is winding down his book in chapter 13, we come across this great verse in verse 15, and he gives us an application. What is, if Jesus is better, if he's the better sacrifice, if he is my better Lord, if he is better, what should be my response? Well, if anything, it ought to be Thanksgiving. Notice Hebrews 13 and verse 15, I know you should never take one verse out of, out of the text, but you'll just have to trust me this morning. I know what I'm doing. And uh, we're, uh, we're winding down and listen to what he says in the text. Therefore, he's winding it down. He's giving us a therefore, and he's done several of those already in this chapter. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is, he defines it, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. I'm not taking the verse out of context. That's exactly what he says, right? That you and I, if we are followers of Christ, we ought to have this attitude by which we are filled with praise unto God and that praise is our thanksgiving. And and it's a sacrifice. Listen, God's not looking for us to come this morning with a little lamb to slit its throat and offer that as a sacrifice. That's not what God is looking for today. What God is looking for is, are you and I, are we thankful? And in that thanksgiving, are we offering up to God praise? He's worthy of it, but are we doing that? And so when I think about thanksgiving, there's five principles that I'm gonna give you this morning about Thanksgiving that I want you to write down and I want you to celebrate this week because here's the reality of it. We can, we can talk about these five principles but if we're not doing them, then all we do is talk about them, right? It's just a waste of our time. So I wanna challenge you. I gotta challenge myself. Put these five principles into place this week during Thanksgiving week. Number one, Thanksgiving, according to Hebrews 13, 15, Thanksgiving is the outflow of my relationship with Jesus Christ. Notice how he says that. Go back to verse 15. Therefore, by him. How is it that I can be a thankful person? By him. You get it? It's in my relationship with Jesus Christ. It is that relationship that I have with him that enables me, that that helps me to be able to be a thankful person. I already said at the very beginning, it's those who are not believers. It's those who don't know Jesus who are unthankful. They're not full of gratitude. Why? Because they're void of the Holy Spirit of God. See, it's in this relationship with Jesus Christ by which I've surrendered my life into his. He has redeemed me and bought me and made me his child. But listen, he's also placed inside of me the greatest power that there could ever be called the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit inside me will produce inside of me out of the outflow of relationship, thanksgiving. So the question this morning really has to be, as we begin talking about thanksgiving, is do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? That is, have you been born again? Good old-fashioned biblical term, by the way. Not a southern term, but a biblical term. Are you born again? Again, you know, that born again that Jesus talked about in John 3 when he talked to Nicodemus. When he told Nicodemus, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever, whoever believes in him should not perish, but have what everlasting life. What is that everlasting life? It's Jesus. It's the relationship. So if we will accept the gift that God has given us, his son Jesus, listen, he says, We'll be saved. We'll be born again. Nicodemus didn't catch it. He said, how can a man then enter his mom's womb and be born again? Jesus said, you know, you're a teacher of spiritual things and you don't even get it. You know? But the reality is, if you and I are going to express thanksgiving, it starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. But I'm talking to a lot of believers today. So can I ask you, are you nurturing your relationship with Jesus Christ? Because let me tell you, the times that a Christian is miserable, a time where a Christian is not expressing thanksgiving, is a time when they are not spending time with the Lord. You know, the reality is, who you hang out with rubs off on you. Did you know that? Who you hang out with? We were talking in my Sunday school class this morning that there are times in our lives when we're around certain people and how they rub off on us. You know, when, when, when I'm around certain people for too long a period of time, I start acting like them. And when you start acting like them, sometimes you don't even realize you're doing it. You just seem to fall in line, you know what I'm saying? And so I have to be careful who I'm hanging out with. Listen, you're certainly not going to have the attitude of gratitude like Jesus did towards the Father if you're not hanging out with Jesus, amen? And that's what, we, what I would call my daily devotion time. That's what I would call spending my time in prayer, reading the Word. You know, I I read uh, two devotionals every morning and I read some scripture every morning. And uh, my whole point of that is so that I can spend time with the Lord and hopefully somewhere along that time he's going to rub off on me and make Mike less and Jesus more in my life. But I can just tell you there's times where I've not dedicated myself to that and I've acted a whole lot like Mike and everybody he's hung out with than I have like Jesus. So if you and I are going to be thankful this season of thanksgiving, then it begins with our relationship with the Lord. Either some of you need to repent of your sin and invite Jesus and be saved. And if the Spirit of God is calling you, I know you're going to do that. But then there's these other side of this relationship whereby which we are saved. Christian, we've got to be nurturing that. And if you're not nurturing that, then you're just a babe in Christ. And a babe in Christ is going to be prone towards being ungrateful and forgetting where the blessings of life come from. Number two, I'm not gonna preach 53 minutes. That's something for you to be thankful for today. Number two, Thanksgiving. And by the way, I'm not apologizing. Don't come out and tell me, hey, don't apologize. I'm not apologizing for last week, okay? I just like to make lighthearted jokes, so. Um, And it's easy to make them at myself, so I like doing that. So number two, Thanksgiving is the habitual lifestyle of the believer. Where do I get that from? Well, look back at the text. Therefore, by him, that is our relationship with Jesus Christ, let us, here it is, continually offer. It's a verb. It's a verb with continual action. It's a verb that says, listen, it's nice on Sunday morning when we're singing the songs to express thanksgiving. God, I'm thankful and, and I don 't know about you, but I can be in a pretty dismal mood on Sunday morning, but something about singing lifts my spirit. something about hearing a a good message will lift me and encourage me. Being around brothers and sisters sort of sometimes brings me out of the pit that's great that's good. but listen, I need it every day in my life. I need thanksgiving to, to be a continuation of things, so it may get may get stirred up here this morning. I may be stirring you up through the sermon this morning, but listen, you've you got to have it every day. Amen? It's let us continually offer. Let's not just say this, you know, on Sunday morning, God, you're good, we love you, we thank you. But tomorrow morning when we get up out of bed and the alarm goes off at 5.30 and, you know, the kids are screaming through the house and you're like, they're supposed to be sleeping in. They got no school this week and they ought to sleep in. Amen? Is that how it is at your house? Because that you know days off, you know I'm thinking oh we could sleep to six. No, those little boogers up at five thirty. Yeah, you, you, amen. Can I get an amen? And i will tell you, I'm an old man, and, and raising five year olds, I, I need to sleep in sometimes. You know, of course I can't anyway. I don't know because I am an old man. I'm starting to understand how some of you senior people out there get up at four thirty. Starting to understand that a little bit, Dave. <laughs> so. And everybody else was thankful I didn't call their name. So it's giving you a lot to be thankful for this morning. Continually offer thanksgiving, amen, through Jesus. It's the only way you're going to be able to do it. Honestly, it's the only way you're going to be able to do it is through Christ. Habitually offer, number three. Listen to what it says, what we're offering. Notice in the text, thanksgiving is the worship that we offer to the Father. Notice, therefore, by him, let us continually offer. Here it is. The sacrifice of praise to God. You know, we we talk about stewardship a lot, and and I know sometimes people knock pastors because we talk about money, but money's you know, yeah, money. We're we're you know, it's last week it was freezing cold outside, and everybody wanted to be warm, so we turned on the heat, and uh, you were warm, and uh, thank you, Kenny, for doing that. You know, keeping everybody warm, they appreciate you. Uh, we we don't, but you know, we appreciate you. Um, but, uh, you know, it's nice to be able to have the money to do that, isn't it? It's, it's nice to be able to pay the, the preacher to be able to come in on Sunday and preach. And we thank God for all those things. And, and sometimes some of you all, listen, some of you senior adults, let me talk to the senior adults. Nobody else, listen. Senior adults, listen. I know many of you are on fixed incomes and you sacrifice, and I appreciate it. Let me tell you, we probably don't tell you enough. But we appreciate the sacrifice you make. You know, I don't, I don't have to stand up here and preach on tithing 10% because the majority of you senior adults, you've been doing that your whole life. And I appreciate your faithfulness to that. Now, the rest of us, we probably can use some preaching at, okay? And some encouragement to to do better than what we do. But sacrifice of praise is what we're doing out of our heart. It's not out of my paycheck. It's not out of my pocketbook. It's what's coming out of the heart. Because listen to what he says. First of all, it's a sacrifice like Old Testament sacrifices, you know, they, they would come and they would present to God, right? And, and that's what we're doing. When we're talking about a sacrifice, we're talking about presenting to God. Now, what do you want to present to God? Think about, you ever think about that when you're coming in and you're praising God, you're worshiping God, Do you realize, what am I presenting? You ever thought about that? I don't know about you, but that kind of scares me a little bit because I think, you know, Lord, you want a whole heart. You, you, Lord. Not only do you want a whole heart, you want a undivided heart. You know, am I, am I offering God worship that's undivided? Got my hand on the world here, and my hand on Jesus here, and I'm offering God a half heart, undivided attention. You know, am, am I? Sitting down through the worship, this thing and bless me if you can. You know, I mean it's it's not about that, amen. And if you don't like the songs we sing, there's still ways you can praise God sitting where you're sitting, amen. Because let me tell you, I've been some times where I've been in some places and I didn't like being there. But I found something to praise God about. Because you know what? I can pray. I can seek his face. I'm not saying I'm perfect all the time, but I just tell you there's times where I've been. Maybe where some of you sit and you think, well, you know, bless me if you can. I've had that attitude, but I've changed that attitude and said, Lord, I'm just going to seek you and you can bless me and he will bless me if I had the right attitude. So Thanksgiving is this outflow, this relationship. It is that which is a habitual lifestyle of us as believers. It is us offering worship to God and worship is serious business. The psalmist said, who can ascend to the hill of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. God doesn't want your junk. You know, church says, you know, hey, we need some new toys in the, in the nursery. And everybody goes home and cleans their nursery out and brings their used toys. God doesn't want that. No, what, what God wants is new toys. He wants the best. Amen. And that has, listen, it has nothing to do with literal toys. Okay, don't don't miss the point. And it has nothing to do with what you're wearing to church this morning. It has everything to do with your heart. Are we giving God undivided, pure worship? Because that's important. Number four, notice the text. He says that our thanksgiving ought to be an expression of words you know, you ever, you know, sometimes I begin to sing and I can't sing anymore. My words just run out because my, my emotions are so stirred. I can't open my mouth if I tried. But some of us don't open our mouth ever. Notice what he says in the text. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Here it is. That is. That is. That is. Do, you, do you catch those words? That is what? What is it? It is the the fruit of our lips. Bible says, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Am I offering to God vocal thanksgiving? How do I do that? Well, I think the number one way I offer thanksgiving to God is my prayer life. I've tried, knowing this is the, the thanksgiving season, I've tried my best every day This past week, while I was at the convention, I was in my hotel and I said, I'm gonna try to do this this week. I'm gonna try to pray more about thanking God than about my problems or about my needs. And I'm gonna pray more trusting God than I've ever had before because there's some things in my life that honestly right now, I just gotta trust God because I ain't working out any other way. And so I'm just trusting God. So I'm like, Lord, I'm just gonna try to trust you more. You know, I'm just, I'm just going to give it to you and, and I'm just going to let you just do what you want to do. But God, I, I also want to be more thankful than I've ever been because it's so easy for me, I don't know about you, but it's so easy for me to get focused on those other things over here, those problems over here, and they're not getting answered or not, they're not getting answered the way I think they ought to get answered and it's easy to do that. And so he says, give God the fruit of my lips, thanksgiving in prayer. Listen in song. I know I look stupid sometimes. I'm riding down the road and I just get a song in my heart and I just sing. Uh, I went to the hospital this morning to check on somebody on my way back. Um, I just made up a song in the car to the Lord. <laughs> nobody will ever, nobody will ever, <laughs> no. <laughs> nobody will ever, nobody will ever hear it, but the Lord, it's His. It's His. But I like to do that sometimes. And it's just, sometimes it's a, it's a scripture verse that's in my heart. Sometimes just a, a couple of rhyming words that just come into my heart. Um, but lastly, listen, what about speaking? What about letting people know how good God is? Do we, do we do that often enough? I mean, do we really, you know, our, you know, some of our African American brothers, can I just be honest with you? You know, I talked to, I have some dear pastor friends of mine. I said, bro, how you doing? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. You know, and they're always reminding me, you know, we are blessed. Amen. It's not just words. We are blessed to have this relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ. And we are blessed. Number five, Thanksgiving is the acknowledgement of his great name. Did you catch that? It's the acknowledgement of his great name. So you're saying, oh, you just talked about the fruit of your lips. Yeah, but that's not where he stops. Because notice what he does next. What is it that we're saying? He says, therefore, by him that is Jesus, let us continually offer up the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips. Here it is. Giving thanks to his name. We have lost the art of what names mean. We've lost that. We don't really think about names. You know, my name, I love it. Michael, it's a good name, isn't it? It's a good name. You know why? It means angel, messenger. I like that. It's a good, powerful name. You know, so some kids name their kid Rock. I don't, I don't get it. I don't know if he's dumb or, you know, I don't, 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 don't get it. But we've lost the art of names, haven't we? But you know, in the the Old Testament, the name of God is so rich because God's name throughout the Old Testament, it's not that it changes. See, some people say, oh, his name changed. Progressive revelation. No, that's not what's happening there. His name does not change. He is still God. But the names that they use to express his character, to express his grace, to express his faithfulness, to express his power, to express his healing goodness, to express his loyalty towards you, is so rich throughout the Old Testament. And yet, as great as his name is, Philippians 2, you remember you remember Philippians, don't you? says that God has given him a name that is above every name. Amen. See, the name, the name Jesus means something, doesn't it? Because wrapped inside that name is our redemption. Amen. Wrapped inside that name is our glorification. Wrapped inside that name listen, is my daily sanctification. Wrapped inside that name is the name of God Almighty. Wrapped inside that name is my God is faithful. Wrapped inside that name is my God's a healer. Do you get it? There's something special about that name. And it is our duty, it's our privilege as his people to offer up thanksgiving to his name. Let's pray. Thank you for listening today. And remember, you can find more information about Pastor Mike and the church at our website, www.fbclp.life.